What's up? I'm Chalanga. I'm Dylan. And this is the C&D Pod. Welcome back to a midweek edition. We're coming hot, fresh off a of Timberwolves loss to the San Antonio Spurs, 111 to 108. The Wolves were up 90 to 79 at the end of the third. And they were up 97 to 81. They went on a quick run in the fourth quarter and were up 97 to 81. Yeah. And the uh, Spurs came back and defeated our Wolfies. 111 to 108, right? That is correct. (laughs) I don't even care anymore. I guess. Let's what I'm most interested in, Dylan, is who do you blame most for this loss? For the loss or for the wolves sucking? Because there is a difference. For this specific loss. 100% the refs. I don't ever blame the refs, but obviously when Malik Beasley. That's not true, by the way. I don't blame the refs that often. (laughs) Except when you're watching the Lakers. Okay, the Laker, but the, but <laughs> LeBron James gets almost no foul calls in comparison to how many foul calls he should be getting. I know everyone, com- Troy hates it when he complains about not getting calls, but LeBron never gets calls, and he always okay. Gets just tired. quick, 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 quick counter argument to that: Would you like to watch the Lakers if LeBron was shooting free throws every time down the floor? I wouldn't enjoy it as much, <laughs> but at least, uh, at least the NBA would be refed properly. Uh, uh, sometimes righteousness isn't worth it because the product then sucks. So <laughs> anyway, Malik Beasley's driving down the right side, uh, and hits Trey Lyles. Yes. He initiated contact with Trey Lyles, but Trey Lyles was out of position completely. That's how you draw a foul. I mean, that's how DeMar DeRozan has made a living in the NBA. And Are you yet, about he gets that, no that foul up where, yeah, where like Trey was behind him. He slowed down so that. Trey would run into him and yeah, it was like, it was textbook. It was, that's what you do. And that's exactly what you're supposed to do in crunch time. I mean, that's how you get, that's how you win games in the NBA is you read the defense, the defense screws up and then you make them pay and the refs didn't call that. And then I don't know if it was the exact ensuing play, but when Malik Beasley started guarding DeRozan and he steps back and Malik Beasley stays straight up, he jumps into him a little bit, but then all of a sudden they call that. And it's, I'm not going to blame the refs for bias against the Timberwolves, but I am going to blame the refs for bias towards superstars. DeMar DeRozan gets a superstar whistle and the Timberwolves, no one on the Timberwolves gets a superstar whistle. Malik Beasley took one free throw in that entire game. He scored 29 points and took one free throw. That shouldn't ever happen ever. Nah. Nah, and he was, and not only bad. he was getting hacked a bunch of times. He was eight for 10 from two. And at least one of those was a missed foul call. Cause yeah. it was that Trey Lyles layup where he got, where he, he did, he, he got hit. Yeah. And even that, that like transition floater deal where he kind of like brought it up with his left hand and then switched to his right and then floated it in and transition. Like he was getting like the, the defense was all over him. That could have been a foul call, but it wasn't. Yo, look, here here's what I'll say is that the refs I, I I like I I I agree with you. They I didn't like their calls at the end of the game. But like around 10 minutes, 9 minutes in the fourth quarter, that second unit was starting to fuck up. They were turning the ball over like crazy. San Antonio was getting some momentum 
And to me, it just felt like it took too long for the starters to come back in. And when the starters finally came back in, there was this like, it felt like they were playing with some desperation. Like they needed to like get no, things it, going. It felt like D'Angelo Russell was playing with desperation. Everyone else was At, standing on the side. Like, what do we do? I don't know. That's what I mean. That's really what I mean. The last five minutes were the D'Lo show and it was not the good version of the D'Lo show. You know, when Malik Beasley is having a career game and you are the point guard, you get Malik Beasley the ball. That is your job. If you and he wasn't shooting well, he was getting blocked like crazy. Blah, blah. By the way, last year, you know, I feel like Timberwolves opponents always had their like career high in three point shooting when they came and played the Wolves. This year, their opponents are getting their career high in blocks when they come and play the Wolves. Like, yeah, yeah. this team gets blocked like crazy. <laughs> I've yeah, never. The, I, I think I was looking at something that said like the Wolves are actually really good in preventing the three this year. Like teams are not shooting very many. The volume is actually super low. Yeah, I think uh, that number is probably helped out by the Cavs shooting like 12 <laughs> that one game. But uh, uh, anyway, I, I, I just like, yeah, D'Lo, when he's good, he's good. When he is bad and wants to be good, he is awful. He just needs to, you know, he needs to get folks involved and he needs to understand like Malik Beasley is hot. Anthony Edwards is hot. These these guys need to have the ball in their hands. He wants to be the guy, but, you know, sometimes he's not. Timberwolves are currently sixth in three points allowed. In three points allowed. That's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be I mean, it would be better if some wins came with that. But what's our what's the where are we at uh, shots at the rim? Uh I don't have shots at the rim. I have I bet I have it's opponent's I bet field we're... goal percentage. Where's that? Opponent's field goal percentage, we are 23rd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas we're 21st right. in opponent three-point percentage. So Okay, so it at sounds rim, like we're probably, probably pretty, pretty bad at the rim. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. But, you know, you know, Anthony Edwards made that mistake late in the fourth. He... Bit on that Demar Derozan pump fake that wasn't even like that big of a, it was it was really stupid by Anthony Edwards, um, and it and it let Demar get into get into the, a rhythm there because mm-hmm. when when he's on that left block there he's essentially the same distance as he is from the free throw line so if you're letting him get to the free throw line he's going to find that shot anywhere on the court from that distance you know yeah I want to leave on a positive note. What can you take away from this game as a positive? Wait, before we do this, can we have a quick Josh Akogi conversation? What yeah, yeah, yeah. happened to him? What happened to Josh Akogi? I don't know, because before the game, we discussed that like Josh Akogi on DeMar DeRozan is exactly why Josh Akogi fits into the starting lineup. That's the one reason why Josh Akogi should be in the Timberwolves starting lineup right now. And at first, it was looking okay. But all of a sudden, at the end of the game, he was just getting beaten off the dribble. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Demar had twelve points at the end of the first, so it wasn't like Josh Okogi was like shutting him down. You know, that's pretty run of the mill for Demar. I had a scary realization at the end of the game, and when I remember that Jarrett Culver was going to come back, and like, I don't know if there's room in this rotation for Jarrett Culver and Josh Okogi when 
Jaden McDaniels, Anthony Edwards, Jalen Noel are playing well. There are just so many players on this Timberwolves roster that are back-end roster players. They should be on NBA rosters, but they're all on the front end of our rotation. And Mm -hmm. we just need to pare that down a little bit and maybe just improve on one of those positions. You know, and yeah. and I it doesn't even have to be power forward. It would great be great if it were, but I I really do think Jaden McDaniels can slot in there, uh, mm-hmm. if he's the worst starter on the court. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, the thing about Josh Okogie is that he has so much equity with the team, and and like such a leadership role that he is like so much exponentially. More to, yes, more valuable to us than he is to any other team, and so his trade value is just super low because who who needs that? Like nobody needs. Uh, someone who can't score at all and um, nobody needs Jarrett culver either and nobody like that's the problem is that like these players have value but they haven't shown enough of it i think Jarrett mm-hmm. culver does have value as an nba player but he hasn't mm-hmm. shown enough of it for us to be able to get off of him and get a player that maybe fits more than yeah. he more than he does because we have a josh Akogi on the yes. roster and Jarrett culver certainly has more upside than josh Akogi. that is true um, so we'll see. I don't know. I'm sure Rosas has has a trade cooking. He, I'm sure he's on the phone every day trying to figure something out. Blah blah blah. But you know, at, at the end Ryan of the day, Ryan think... for Nick Nurse. <laughs> Straight up, um, coaches can be traded, right? That that can happen. I think that I think that happened once. I feel like it did though too. Yeah. Oh, hold on. I want to look this up really quick. Was Doc Rivers traded to the Clippers? I... I think Doc Rivers was traded. Wait, oh two God. years ago on Reddit, it has happened before the Celtics traded Doc Rivers to the Clippers for a pick. Yeah. That's according Abort- to <laughs> uh, according to user Robin Ho 96. No, that Robin- happened. I oh, just, Robinho. I, it's on Fox Sports. It's official. Can we trade Ryan Saunders and a first round pick for <laughs> Nick Nurse? <laughs> <laughs> The Raptors could use that high-end talent, you know? Yeah, fair. And it's not like they don't have a million coaches in their pipeline. Everyone's always like, oh, there's this new Toronto coach that is going to be the next NBA head coach. (laughs) Oh, my God. Or like, yeah, Indiana with uh, Nate, what's his face? Bjorkren, Chris Finch is like, yeah, Chris Finch is like the next, like, he's the next guy. Why can't um, we just have a coaching pipeline like that? That's so stupid. Our pipeline um, sucks. Our Saunders pipeline sucks. Stop the Saunders pipeline. Yeah. Joe Biden, sign it into law. Stop the Saunders pipeline. Well, it's time for our optimistic close. <laughs> Dylan, is there is there anything uh, from this game that gives you hope or joy or pleasure? No. No. Nothing? <laughs> uh no, Carl Anthony Towns is on the bench and he's waiting to get in the game. It'll be great. You know what? Here's what gives me uh, hope and pleasure. One, Ricky Rubio redemption game. He was still only four of 10 from the field. Uh, yeah, he was four <laughs> of five in the first half. So and, I don't uh, know what it was in the first half. That was just a, that was hyperbole. No, that's, that's how, that sounds about right. <laughs> um. Anthony Edwards continues to show that he is something. He's certainly not nothing. Chalanga, I'm getting a buzz on your end. Oh, fuck. Did I fix it? Yeah. Keep an eye on it, I guess. 
I will. I will remember. I gotta unplug my. I it's, it's just a second input that I have a quarter inch in and whatever. For when I play bass. Oh yeah. Um, and the other thing that gives me hope. <laughs> the other thing that gives me hope is that Malik Beasley is on our fantasy team, and we really needed that type of performance tonight. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. that. I haven't looked at our fantasy team in a while. I've been too focused yeah. on I don't know what. <laughs> I've, I've been fucking up this week. We fell behind by like 150 points, but we're climbing back. Yeah, we missed. Did you, you had like Bradley Beal on the bench on Monday. <laughs> Way to go. Yo, look, I uh I've had a lot on my mind. So I, I get it. I hear that. <laughs> All right. Kind of thank uh, you for, for mustering through this podcast. Yeah, for sure. Um, thank you for listening to the C and D pod. Um, this has been great. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter uh at C and D NBA. Uh, send us an email at cndmbapod at gmail.com. Tony B, you know what you did. And just shouts to all the listeners. We love y'all. You know, we're all such worker bees, all of our listeners. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> Look, Jim Pete is a Trumper and, and I know y'all love him and I have loved him, but dude, a dude. Uh, yeah. He, he was complaining about masks tonight. Oh my he was god. About masks. He was like he was like lots of Kentucky players blah blah blah. He's like, "Well, I can't even tell how many Kentucky players are cuz we have to wear masks now." It's like, "Oh no. Oh, that's too bad, Jim Pete. I feel so bad." Anyway, uh don't forget to subscribe uh and give leave us a five-star rating. Tell your friends who <laughs> like basketball a little bit if they're looking for something to listen to about the Timberwolves that will make them guffaw or chortle or laugh chortle. um whatever form of laughing that they choose to do then this is the pod for them um so let them know thanks Garble. everyone nasty <laughs> bye congratulations you made it this far chalanga decided we've got some more bonus content for you so i'm hitting you with that right now Please enjoy or turn it off. All we really needed was to download the whole time. Thank you so much for the download. I love you all. The reality was like Keenan was a little bit jelly of Kel the whole time. And yeah. I think once he got SNL, he just got a little bit. This is my impression based off of like, I did meet Kel once and he seemed like a really cool guy. And I was like, I, I think. Keenan just was had a little bit of a big ego after getting SNL and Kel, he seemed like very down to earth when I met him. I, it was at his like 30th birthday party a couple years back and like right after I got you, out of college. You were at Kel's 30th birthday party. It wasn't a big birthday party. Like it I wasn't what invited. The fuck? I was <laughs> How did I, I not know this? Let's see how old Kel Mitchell is because it was in 2014, 2015. So uh, he uh, is 42 been, today. It, it was not his 30th birthday party then for sure. Cause it was not 12 years ago. Holy shit. Nope. He's 42. Okay. It was yeah. his 36th birthday party. Probably. Who, I, mean, I was who at invited party. you. How are you there?
uh, his birthday party was just at this public dance thing where we like learned dances on some pavilion, but it was downtown Los Angeles. And they just did this like party where they taught us in sync dances and like boy band dances for some reason. I, okay. I don't know how I got here, but it was awesome. And Cal Mitchell was there and I was like, Oh my God, Cal. He was like, he's like, oh, what's up, dude? I was like, dude, what's going on? Why? How come you're here? He's like, oh, it's my birthday, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, happy birthday, bro. Oh, my God. I loved you so much. Orange juice, blah, blah, blah. Orange uh, juice? Orange soda. <laughs> I would hope you didn't say orange juice to him, man. That would have been Because horrible. I'm drunk right now, okay? Chilling, I'm so <laughs> sorry. I just had to say something to, like, take up the fucking airtime. But he was a very nice guy, and he was so cool. And I love orange soda. I literally love or I ordered orange soda because of Cal Mitchell in my dad's 1994 Tahoe that he bought brand new. He was so fucking pissed at me. He bought one of the first Tahoes on the fucking line, and I ordered an orange soda from like McDonald's or some shit, and I spilled it all over the backseat right oh, away. Of and it was because of Kel Mitchell. And so I, I love Kel Mitchell. The color orange is my favorite fucking color. And uh, yeah, I'll always be a Kel Mitchell stand. Kel Mitchell over Keenan Thompson. Sorry. I'm so sorry, but it's true. I'm just, I can't get over the fact that you never told me that you were at Kel's birthday party. <laughs> it was right when I left college. So it was like just kind of crazy. <laughs> that's, that's fucking wild, man. Any other like... I know you've told me that crazy Jake Paul story, uh, but do you, have, do you have any other celebrity stories you can pull out of your bag? Uh, Shuli pushed Ted Danson the other day. Uh, she was on set for Mr. Mayor, which the seventh episode is coming out. Shuli Cowan pushes Ted Danson out. Oh, it's already it's already out. I thought I thought it was I thought they were filming still. No, it's it's out. They are on episode like five oh. or something. I think oh, shit. I got to watch. Yeah, it's not a good. Well, uh, I don't want to say it's not a good show because that's not good to say in Los Angeles. But it is not my kind of show. I don't know if it's going to last a bunch of seasons. It's a Tina Fey show. Congratulations to Tina for your success. Of course, like Tina needs it. Like she really needed that kind of success. She hasn't gotten it before. She just hasn't gotten any accolade. Like what has Tina Fey done since us? I'm not just kidding. Anyway, but. From Tina Fey comes Soul. <laughs> oh God, fuck Soul! I just saw Soul last night. Actually, oh, coincidentally, I'm not gonna watch that shit. Oh, you? Oh, because you you posted about Trent Reznor being the composer. Did you knew that Trent Reznor was Nine Inch Nails, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like I, it's. Fucked up. I'm not going to. I just like I will. I refuse to watch that movie. And then you told me to look up the director and I was like, no, <laughs> he, he literally like I, I, I kid you not. He fucking it looks the main character looks like a cooler black version of that guy. Like he <laughs> I know. Right. Oh, my God. OK, so watching Soul, it's a fine movie, but I am I would consider myself a jazz aficionado. My brother is a serious New York jazz musician. And I mean, he's a white boy, but he really respects black culture, all that stuff. Like he he loves jazz to its core. But did uh, did he don't question did he make his profile picture black? 
Oh, he made his profile picture. Like, honestly, he just took away the existence of his profile picture. That's how black it was. Oh, he's so woke. Hell yeah. Okay. Continue. Uh, No, he always texts me all the time. Oh, no. He he just emailed the whole family about, like, (laughs) because my mom just emailed about some fucking fake doctor who was talking about how the vaccine wasn't safe. And, Uh And so my brother emailed back about how like you just need to get your fucking head out of your ass everyone needs to get their fucking head out of there like he is so angry about this he's he is my family's version of bill maher anyway he's a jazz musician i have become a jazz aficionado because of him and watching what their concept what pixar's concept of jazz music was was so fucked up because he like got in his head and he's like you just gotta get in the zone and like once you're in the zone you get to go into the soul world and it's like fuck no do you know how much fucking concentration and technical ability it takes to become one of the greatest jazz musicians in the world first of all none of his solos were good they were all just like arpeggios that he was repeating or trills that he was repeating in his right hand it was fucking basic as shit and my biggest issue with that fucking movie was i don't know it's just with every movie that deals with music to be honest it's just how they like treat music as like this like spiritual experience blah 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 it's like no it's a fucking actual real skillful thing that people get into and like jazz musicians are some of the most skilled people in the world and the most important part of jazz music in the entire like the most important part about jazz music which is the greatest maybe one of the greatest forms to ever be created is listening and like literally what they took out of it was like they took out the entire listening part and just said what if you're just in the zone and you can't hear anything around you? he's like oh i'm sorry what happened at the end of his solo and it's like no you have to fucking listen in order to have a bomb ass jazz solo you have to fucking listen to everyone around you comping you sorry okay so what i what i took from that is I don't know if I've ever heard anyone <laughs> ever <laughs> criticize an animated character's jazz <laughs> It's just, I'm fucking <laughs> over it, Chilenga. I'm over, <laughs> I'm so fucking over Hollywood just taking over my craft and saying like, oh, it takes nothing. All it takes is just talent to be good at it. And it's like, fuck all of you for thinking that music is just talent. Dude, that's, yeah, practice, uh, practice, practice. That's why I couldn't hack it in music is because I couldn't practice. <laughs> I, I didn't have the discipline. And Schlinga, you were a fine fucking singer. You were a great singer in Kanakas' studio. Like, we loved you from day one. That's really nice. Um... <laughs> Welcome to the C&D podcast.